Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Welcome back to Lunchtime Live. This is Aideen Finnegan sitting in for Andrea Gilligan and we are talking about the chaotic scenes at Dublin Airport yesterday and a lot of you getting in touch to give us uh, your take on it. Uh, Sarah joins us on the line. Sarah, you were travelling to Italy yesterday and spoiler alert, you made it there in the end. But tell us about <laughs> getting through the, the airport. Yeah, thanks, Aideen. Yeah, luckily we had a happy ending. We were supposed to fly at 8.25 to Verona and we arrived on the air coach from Galway at the arrivals hall in Terminal 1. At about 10 to 6, we walked straight through, had no idea that there was a queue outside for where we got dropped off, and we were told to go upstairs, and we joined the security queue. Now, we had already checked in online. We already checked in our bags. We've travelled loads. We were like, two and a half hours will be grand. Oh, my God. The chaos when we got there. The queues, Aideen, were just snaking throughout the whole airport. And after an hour of, you know, knocking anywhere closer to security, we were like, I don't think we're going to make this flight. Um, but yeah, the communication, I know a lot of the people are saying is that there was very little communication in there. I would agree with that. I think for older people or people with children, it was very difficult. Um, I'm pregnant myself and I really didn't want to leave the queue to go to the bathroom in case anyone would think I was skipping um, and there was nowhere to sit or anything. So I was actually grand, but if like somebody was heavily pregnant, yeah. I would have felt really sorry for them. Like my fiance was even like, could we, you know, maybe try and get skip in the queue by using your pregnancy as a reason? And I was like, no, look at the, like the whole feeling of everyone in the queue is everybody was in the same situation. I don't think anyone should have really be be prioritized over anyone else to be like, oh, my flight's going in 10 minutes because that was the case. Um, and just to add to that, actually, Aideen, they keep on saying on the news that a thousand people missed their flights. I mean, everybody around us missed their flights. I met at least 20 people afterwards who had missed their flights. We got rebooked onto other flights. People had missed their original flights. So if I met at least 20, 30 people who missed their flights, I think that there was a lot more than a thousand people who missed their flights yesterday, to be honest. Even a thousand people is a staggering number. If you think about what a thousand people looks like, that is a huge amount of people. And you mentioned, Sarah, about, you know, not wanting to kind of go to the loo in case lest it be seen that you're skipping. What was the atmosphere like? Was it tense or were people sort of, was it a feeling of we're in it together? And, or you know, did you feel like things could have turned quite aggro quite easily? Well, I think at the start, because the snakes were moving, we were all kind of in a, you know, okay mood. I could see a few people were jumping the queue, asking people, can I go because of my flight? And I think we were all like, oh, we're going to make it. But as soon as we got to the security place where the scanners are to um, scan your boarding pass, that's where things got. Could you see how many of those were open? Because that is one of the details we can't seem to get out of DAA. How many, you know, were, were they, they weren't all open, were they? When we went through and it was, I remember it was 10 to 8 because our gate was closing at 5 to 8 and we said, let's keep going and see if we can rebook. When we went through the boarding scan scanners, all of them were open. However, two of them were not working and then people were trying to leave that scanner and that queue to get into the other one. When we got through and we got to the security part where they scan your bags and you walk through, I could only visibly see three open. And the really weird thing was that when we actually got our bags through, they decided to swab all of the bags of the four people in front of me and three people behind me. And I'm sure more than that. 
So I actually got delayed at the bag scanner for 10 minutes. My fiancé ran up to the board, um, sorry, the gate. He could have actually gotten our flight. Ryanair staff were really good. They were like, okay, we can wait two more minutes. We can wait two more minutes. But the guy saw my bag, even though I was begging him, begging him, could you please, please give me my bag? He took another leisurely, I'd say six, seven minutes. Leisurely? There was no hurry on him? No, none of them there. And I could see people crying and begging, like, why do you need to swab my bag? Like, mine even had my company logo on it because I was bringing uh, my work laptop. And he was like, yeah, 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 that's grand. And they were, like, walking back and forward really slowly. There was no push there. But um, I, I mean, there is a fine line between, you know, making sure everyone's safe and moving people through the airport. But I mean, come on, in the circumstances, you would think they'd be able to, to hurry that up. So, Sarah, when you you made it to Italy, did you or when you got onto the plane, how much time had you to spare or how fine was it? Well, no, actually, we didn't make our flight. Sorry. Yeah, we, we made another flight. So our 825 flight. Um, my fiancé could have got it. I didn't make it because my bag was being swapped. Yeah, okay, but yeah. the staff there said, go talk to our colleague over at this desk and he might be able to rebook you. He was amazing. He booked us on a 12 o'clock flight to Treviso. So that's not where we wanted to go with Verona, but it was fine. So we arranged our transport on the Italian side. We actually got over. We met a bunch of other people who were being um, rebooked as well on flight. But when we were getting on the Treviso flight at 12 o'clock, they were saying to everybody, look, we don't know if everyone will get on this flight because it's overbooked. (sighs) And then we were saying, "Okay, let's make sure we're the first in the line. Um, And then, sure, there was loads of empty seats actually on that overbooked flight because all the all those people were probably still queuing. (laughs) My goodness. Our flight was delayed, um, I assume, because then what happened was staff had to take bags off the flight because of the people who'd missed the flight and maybe they'd checked in their bags. So, yeah. What a disaster. Especially if you're pregnant, you just, you could really do without that stress. But I'm so glad you've made it over to the sun now, Sarah, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Thanks so much, Judy. Thank you very Thanks much for million. joining us and telling us your story. <laughs> That's Sarah there. And we have a statement in here from the Transport Minister, Eamon Ryan, and the Minister of State, Hilda Gard Nocton, who met the CEO of DA Dalton Phillips. And as you heard Eamon saying the news there, they've instructed DA to report back by tomorrow morning on solutions that could be put in place in advance of this bank holiday weekend to deliver an acceptable passenger experience for citizens and visitors departing from the airport. I mean, that is a tight deadline. We were going to talk now to Cahal Crow, who is Fianna Fáil TD and spokesperson for aviation. Cahal, what do you make of that statement and what do you think is going to happen now with DAA? What, what is what it is incumbent on them to do? Hi, Dean. Uh, look, I've been speaking with a lot of people who've, lost, uh, who've, who've had their flights missed. Um, it's devastating and cancellation isn't seamless. At the other end, there could be hotels uh, that won't refund. There could be meetings missed. Uh, I know of one instance where someone's going to a funeral. They've missed that too. Absolutely devastating. Look, th- this has been a problem for several months. Uh, I was uh, part of a meeting of the Oireachtas Transport Committee that met with Dalton Phillips and his uh, Dublin Airport Management Group about seven or eight weeks ago. And they gave us huge reassurances that everything was going to be sorted and they were actively pursuing many angles to sort this. And it's gotten worse, if anything. And I think the real solution to this, Aideen, lies in the state's other airports. Um, I'm here at the moment uh, in my home constituency of Clare. We've Shannon Airport here in the backyard. Um, parking is a lot cheaper. There are no queues. There is the capacity. And I think the answer here really lies in the state saying to Dublin Airport, if you're not capable 
of allowing the inbound and outbound transit of flights, which currently is the case, then airports uh, such as Shannon and Cork and others have a capacity to take on to take that slack. It will mean people don't miss holidays and this awful first impression now that some people are getting of Ireland uh, these past few weeks uh, c- c- can be knocked in its head as well. Is it realistic, Cahal, or what are the logistics of actually making a change like that? You're going to need to have the the passengers, or sorry, the airlines on board with that. And obviously, if you have passengers who uh, decide their itinerary around Ireland, you know, if they're tourists, um, basing it on the fact they'd be flying out of Dublin Airport, I'm wondering how realistic it is to divert flights. Like well, that. first of all, if you're if if you arrive in Dublin Airport, you're driving laps and laps trying to find a parking space. That itself could throw you off by an hour. You probably then have three to four hours within the terminus trying to negotiate your way through the security system. It takes an hour and fifty minutes from the red car roundabout to get to Shannon Airport. But I mean, actually getting the flights, getting the airplanes, and moving them. Well, I'm wondering. Well, one of the yeah, well, one of the things is was a practical way that this could be resolved. It is the the, the Ryanair and a lot of the airlines have a change fee. So if you decide, obviously, at short notice, you need to change arrangements, there's a penalty. At the moment, that's proving prohibitive. So if somebody wants to, like your last speaker, transfer to a flight to Treviso, you'll probably pay a penalty of a few hundred euros to get all your family member tickets passed onto the new flight. I think if Ryanair were to waive that for the next number of weeks, that, that in itself would be significant. People just want to travel. Um, if, if it means them having to drive down and park in Shannon or Cork or Knock airports, I think they're up for that. They don't want to miss out on flights, and that's what's currently happening. It's unsustainable. But could I also say, Dean, that before we went into COVID, we had a crazy situation where 86%, and that's a fact, 86% of all inbound and outbound flights in Ireland were all funneled through Dublin Airport. Uh, that's the most dominant position of any airport in Europe. Other countries like Holland and Denmark saw this uh, problem coming down the line. They've introduced national aviation policies that put a cap on how many flights fly into the capital and it shares more out to the regions. It's more sustainable. It means that you know, aviation becomes cheaper. It means that people can travel easier to other parts of Ireland in and out of them. And it alleviates the, the huge pressure that the capital city is on. I mean, that is a very fair point. Um, DAA absolutely could have foreseen that this would happen, everyone trying to get away this year. And they had a year to prepare for it, really, because lockdown and restrictions and all those eased from last summer. So there's nearly a full 12 months there. Your party is in government. Now, what can you do to uh, make sure that people's rights are... I mean, the the consumer rights around this, you might have heard Sinead Ryan, our consumer expert, saying that it's a bit of a grey area because the airline didn't renege on their promise to take people away. was the airport authority. So how can we make sure that people get their money back? Yeah, so ordinarily there's a commission for aviation regulation and they would normally, during COVID, stay to handle a lot of refunds claims, which you're correct. This isn't a case of the airline letting it down. It's the, the airport system letting people down. So Dublin Airport Authority have rightly said they will compensate people. But just listeners who are not travelling and who are taxpayers and who are sitting at home listening to the show today, they need to be aware as well that Dublin Airport Authority, they're a commercial semi-state. This is the state, a wing of the state. And um, we can't be in a sustainable situation for weeks and weeks and months of the summer where Dublin Airport, on behalf of the state, are constantly uh, refunding people. That's not what it's about. And the other thing from a consumer's point of view is that uh, there is no law in Ireland that um, that makes your hotel in Italy, Spain or wherever you're going to refund you. The fact is you've missed a flight. That's legally what has happened. Uh, the reasons why you missed the flight are out of your control. Um, th- th- the solution to this, there is, of course, the consumer aspect of it, but there are many flights um, 
it's it's from now on that we're going to get particularly busy in our skies. I don't believe Dublin, no matter what capacity they build up in the coming weeks, I don't believe they'll be able to sufficiently meet summer demands. And the answers lie in the, the country's other airports. And I've put that to Minister Eamon Ryan in terms of a policy document. But it needs to be acted on now. All right, Cahill, we, we will await the Minister's response on that. Thank you very much for joining us. That's Cahill Crow, Fianna Fáil TD and spokesperson for aviation. Denise is on the line in County Meath. And Denise, I'm very interested to speak to you because you are a former Dublin Airport employee. What are your thoughts on what's going on at the moment? Uh, hi, Aideen, how are you? Uh, thanks for contacting me, firstly, I appreciate it. Um, I don't know where to start with this, to be honest with you. I, when I've seen the pictures online of all this situation, I actually thought it was some kind of joke until I contacted one of my ex-colleagues and I was informed that it's daily uh, reoccurrence now at the moment. So uh, I, I think it's unacceptable and embarrassing for Dublin Airport, which is international airport with two big terminals. I, I don't understand really why is it happening, to be honest with you. You don't. So well, that's interesting because I, I, I was wondering, as somebody who's been on the inside, could you imagine what has led to this problem? Uh, yeah, well, I, yeah, uh, well, firstly, we know that it's the staff uh, situation at the moment. As you are all aware, loads of staff were let go uh, during the COVID, which is uh, understandable as well. But I, <laughs> at the same time, I think we should really know, or everyone knows, even if you're working in the airport, as we said, I have the insight, or if you're not, uh, common sense is kind of that COVID is kind of over. Uh, the restrictions were lifted, you know, in uh, January, February. we kind of getting back to kind of normal. So should normal person, everybody expect that perhaps the airport's going to get busy now? Uh, you need to get a staff uh, well in advance. We know the numbers of flights, they, DA knows that well in advance, so does the airlines and everybody. So you, you need a staff, as a few people said before the phone calls I was listening, that there was only a few, few amounts of, let's say, check-in area, a few of security areas open. You can't you can do that now. You know that the season is coming as well and all. And as I said, we're out of COVID. Everyone wants to travel after being stuck in the house for the last two and a half years. So surely you need to supply the staff first. That's the main issue, so they can actually operate and run it properly. And Denise, why did you, are, are, were you let go during the pandemic or why are you no longer working for the airport? No, no, it wasn't my case. Uh, I wasn't let go. I was on a sick leave for a bit, and then okay. I decided that uh, yeah, I just I just resigned myself the last summer. So uh, um, that was my situation at the moment. Was um, there a big change I, in in working conditions that you think might have led to people not going back to the airport? Yeah, I would say so. It was my case as well. Um, it's uh, see, Aiden, people people just see the big pictures only. As I said, I don't I understand them. They can't see the inside of the airports or any department how it works. But it's the it's the shift works for people. It's the you know sometimes lack of breaks if it gets busy as well. Uh, you know extended hours suddenly without being given enough notice. You don't really have a family life there, so I feel sorry for the family with children as well and all because you can't just be announced you know day before that you need to work extra shifts and all this. And I think the main thing is the shift work that's got really people sick as well because it's it's it takes a toll on your system on your health, which you know that way. So it's yeah, Doing and nights I would say I feel sorry for my yeah as well or night shifts. Jesus, that's that's the worst for you as well because your your immune system is upside down completely. But um, at the moment, I feel sorry for my colleagues who are at working you know currently because that's what I wanted to say to you as well. I know, as I said, people see the big use and it is unacceptable. Uh, if you have enough staff, if every department is supplied with lots of staff and everything is followed as it should be, they shouldn't be queued outside. They, I don't understand for me, I'm sure you agree with me, 
I am a passenger. I all the passengers outside the queue and they checked in. They came on time. Uh, they have the boarding cards. They prepare for the flight. So why should they be queuing outside? Yeah. And why it's DA advising them, which is beyond me. I find it absolutely ridiculous. Why is DA advising for the last few days to the passengers queuing outside to rebook your holidays because you won't, you won't make it? Yeah. Uh, that, oh my that God! Must... Well, well, this is not on. Like, <laughs> that's absolutely not on. Sending a tweet is just not the the best way to be communicating when people are actually in situ in the airport. Denise, thank you so much for that insight into it. And uh, yeah, I, I thank you very much for for that. I would be curious if anyone else who has been working in the airport who who didn't go back after the pandemic or can kind of shed some light on you know what what the staffing issues might be. That would be that would be helpful, I think, because this is uh, emerging as a as a staffing crisis. Really. Uh, the text here, the obvious answer to the Dublin airport issue is to move flights to other airports, but the public transport infrastructure is terrible. Another one here says the regional airport are being hamstrung by the DAA. We have a new airport in Cork, but all the flights are out of Dublin. Is it time to break up the DAA and allow regional airports to compete? Ambrose in Cork. Ooh, Ambrose, there's the can of worms open there. And another one just to say, gone through Terminal 2 security in 10 minutes. No queue today. Wow. OK, big change. Obviously, passenger numbers are a fraction of what they were yesterday but that is good if anyone's heading there now and absolutely sweating it on the car on the way up to the airport that is the latest from Terminal 2 Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan brought to you by Avant Money weekdays at midday on News Talk.